I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. As the Orioles continue their run at the top of the American League, their offense is not the problem. They've got good hitters, the issue is the pitchers. If they intend to make it through to the World Series, they've got to be on top of their defense. And indeed, walking through our neighborhood earlier in the week, we saw in a house window some preemptive advice for the Ravens. A large letter D mounted on a section of white picket fencing, once again emphasizing the importance of a solid defense. To tell you the truth, I feel like we've been playing defense ever since the pandemic started. For years now, we've been advised on how to defend ourselves from infection. Wear your mask, socially distance when possible. Make sure you stay up to date on your vaccines and boosters. And do you know what? That's all really good advice. As the old saying goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. The problem though, is when this defensive stance becomes our method for encountering everything. And I think that mentality, that way of thinking, may be one of these reasons for the biggest misreading of this passage we have today from Jesus. After Peter recognizes Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus turns to him and says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, there's a joke that gets lost in translation here. Jesus is renaming Simon, son of Jonah, and is, in effect, giving him the nickname Rocky. Most likely, Jesus and Simon were chatting in the Aramaic language. After all, Hebrew largely stopped being a spoken language after the Babylonian exile until its revival in the 19th century. In Aramaic, the word for rock is kippa, which is why in Acts, in some of Paul's letters, Simon and son of Jonah is referred to as Cephas. Matthew's Greek translates the joke into his own language. The Greek word for, is Petra, from which we get Peter. But the joke isn't the problem. The problem here is what we miss here, the metaphor that Jesus uses. He says, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevent against it. The image that's easy to get stuck in our heads is a fortress mentality, that the church is this fort built on a big rock with tall walls around it that we have to use to defend ourselves from everything outside of it. The only way to stay holy and to stay pure is to keep any kind of corrupting influence on the outside and not let it in. Now, certainly that's the way I was raised as a conservative Presbyterian in the 80s. I was told in no uncertain terms, of course you can't listen to rock music or go to concerts. That's just not what good Christians do. At least that was the line my parents used when they were confiscating all of my emo goth albums when I was in high school. I see the same kinds of thinking from some of, my, um, from some of the parents of my girl's evangelical friends. Their kids can only listen to Christian radio or Christian artists lest they receive some kind of unholy message. I guess no one's told them about the internet yet. We mishear the promise from Jesus because it sounds like the church is built on a rock and it's the only safe spot from the forces of Hades and they won't prevail against it as 
long as we stay inside in some kind of spiritual lockdown that will keep the pandemic of the demonic away. But that's not what Jesus is saying at all. Yes, the church is built on a rock. Yes, that rock is the strong word of Jesus. Yes, that rock is the faith handed down from the apostles. But nowhere does Jesus tell us that our job as Christians is to go and hide. We mess up the metaphor because we think that the walls of the church are what will keep us safe. But hear his words again. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now while the first part may sound defensive, the second part is all about offense. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. This isn't a promise that the demons won't ever get in. Instead, it's a promise that the gates of hell don't have a prayer of staying, standing in our way. It's not about us hiding. It's about us taking the fight to them. As Christians rooted in our baptism and fed by Eucharist, our job is to go out to proclaim God's love. Not just talk about it, but to actually do it. We are called not to hide, but to go to the places where the demons are, where the sick, the lonely, the vulnerable are, and to actually be the church, to care for one another, to help those who need help, and to proclaim God's love in thought, word, and deed. Now, to go back to the sports metaphors, we could even say that what Jesus is getting at here is that the best defense is good offense. And yet, there's one more piece we need to keep in mind here. I think there's one more reminder tucked in here that Matthew hopes we'll pick up on. This isn't the first time in this gospel that we've heard about both rocks and buildings. Indeed, there's one very important passage eight chapters earlier where Jesus puts these two things together. The concluding piece of the Sermon on the Mount, the first and perhaps most important full-length sermon from Jesus we get in the Gospel of Matthew, it ends like this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus is reminding us that if we intend to do this thing, if we intend to beat down the very gates of hell, then we have to be, quite literally, grounded. This means following his words. It means living out the basics. It means taking time for prayer, regular reading of the scriptures, coming to this place for nourishment of the sacraments and the encouragement of a community. It means listening to the words of Jesus and then not just hearing them, but doing them too. It means growing to imitate his love that he didn't hold back or hoard or hide away behind walls. Instead, as one of our prayer book's colleagues puts it, he stretched out his arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of his saving embrace. This colleague goes on to say, so clothe us in your spirit that we reaching forth our hands in love may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. That's what it looks like to be grounded, 
to be built on a rock, to be girded up to beat down the gates of Hades, reaching forth in love. As an Orioles fan, of course, I hope they do pay good attention to their defense. And when it comes to health, well, we should be pretty defensive about that too. But as Christians, we have to get out of the mode of only thinking defensively. We are not baptized in order to hide from the world. We are baptized in order to transform it. Amen.